And this prayer, this part of the disciples' prayer as Jesus is teaching them, this prayer is asking for the king to come as well. It's not just the kingdom now, but it's the kingdom to come. And that is the, the thing that you see often in the life of the, of the disciples. They would say this phrase, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. I think it's the second last verse in the book of Revelation. It says the same, come Lord Jesus, come. That is our prayer. My prayer is that Jesus must come. I love it on earth. Listen, I love it on earth. I love it on earth. I mean, I do pray that we have steak in heaven and bride brewerkies. I do pray that. I do pray that. I'm going to miss it awfully if it's not going to be bride brewerkies and steak in heaven. But, I want, like, but, but you know what? I want to be with him. As much as I love my wife and my children, I want to be with him, man. I want to be with Jesus. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Maranatha. That should be the cry of every disciple of Jesus. Every single morning when you wake up, come today, Lord. Come today. Because we're going to be with you for eternity. Sure. Matthew chapter 13, verse 43. If we can put that up. That's okay. 14. Do you have it? It's your know. Matthew 13, 43. You have it. 14, 13. No. 13, 43. It's very faint on my notes. The righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. You as ears let him hear. This is the cry of every single one of us. The righteous, you and me, we will shine forth as the sun. So when we pray this prayer, this part of the prayer, we say, your reign come. Let your kingdom come now. Which is the form of a command. You're actually commanding something to come and happen right now. An instantaneous coming, a sudden coming. Praying for His kingdom to come reflects our allegiance, in other words, to His sovereignty and to His rule. We say, Lord, I am your humble subject. I am submitted to you. Before we can pray, your kingdom come. We must also be willing, listen to me, we must be willing to pray, my kingdom go. Before we ask Him, your kingdom come. We need to say, my kingdom must go. This is John's prayer when he says, I must decrease so that he can increase. My friends, we all want to be filled. Who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? We do. Empty yourself of yourself. Empty yourself of yourself so that he can fill you more and more and more. The more, the less there is of you, the more you can be used of God. The less there is of you, the more you can be used of God. Your kingdom come. When we pray, your kingdom come, we pray three things. We pray for the final 
establishment of God's kingdom. Three things we pray for. The final and ultimate kingdom to come. Jesus came as a, as a lamb slaughtered. But he will come as a reigning king on a horse. With fire coming from his eyes. A sword from his mouth. He's coming as a judge. This week, one of my friends, actually last night, one of my friends from school that I knew very well, passed away from a brain tumor at the age of 48. And uh, the whole group of my class of 91 is putting these things up on this group about angels and angels are coming and everything. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. This is my opportunity. I said to my wife, my heart's beating in my chest. I need to tell these people the truth. This body is frail. This body will pass away, but only that which has been done for Christ will last. On that day, there will be a fire that will come. And it will burn up everything that you and I have done. It will. And it says that the dross and the chaff and all these things will be burned up. And only that which is gold and silver will last. What are you doing for Jesus in this lifetime? I'm asking you, my friends. Don't be idle with your time. The Bible says, Koop die tijd uit. Redeem the time. Koop die tijd uit. Use the time to tell people about Jesus. Every single opportunity that you can find. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. There's a kingdom that's coming. Your kingdom come. We pray your kingdom come so we will become conformed to his will in this world. When we say your kingdom come, we say not my will, but yours be done. And the third thing is, when we pray your kingdom come, we ask God's rule will come to others through us. That's what you're asking. Use me, Lord. I'm a conduit. I want to be used of you. And I would love to see, as we said here tonight, that you are part of a body, that every part is integral. Be used of Him. Be used of Him. I know there's excessive places where people have abused you. And I want to I tell you tonight, throw that off you, man. Throw that off you and walk on. Walk on, man. Let it go. I want to break out in a song now from Disney. But let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Like Moses said, let my people go. I want to prophesy over your life tonight. Let my people go so that they can run free for you, Jesus. Without restraint, without uh, condemnation from man. Come on. Let's walk free. Sure. There is freedom and liberty in this place tonight. Yo. You see, this is a big prayer when you ask for His kingdom to come. It's a big prayer. But it depends on a big God. <laughs> and when we truly prayed it, it makes for a big life. <laughs> You're not going to live an ordinary life. You're not just going to be mediocre. You know that lukewarm water is horrible. Blech. Bible says you're going to be spat out. Either be cold or be hot. 
Either be a Satanist or follow Jesus. It's no in-between. Stop faffing around. Stop joking. Stop joking. Serious. Stop joking, man. Stop playing around with your life. You have one life. Let's live it for Jesus. Ah, oh, your will be done. This is our acknowledgement that God knows what is best and we surrender our will. There's a surrender that comes where I say, I don't know. I don't know, Lord, but your will will be done. It also expresses when we say your will be done, a longing to see his will acknowledged throughout the world. I, I'm praying for this world. I'm praying for my friends. I'm praying for my family. Every morning, I pick three people, couples usually, to pray for them. And I want to see their salvation. And you know, the funny thing is it's usually in my own family. Not my immediate family, not my wife. My wife says, she loves Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So. She is saved, very saved. When we pray, your will be done, it literally means we ask, let it come to pass. It's a call for action. It's a call for urgency. It's not, a, it's not passive when we pray this. I'm always amazed that fallen men can actually boldly Approach a holy God. <sighs> Hebrews 4.16. This is that verse. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Amazing grace. So. In, in, in closing this part, and then going on to the next section, your kingdom come is very much related to your will be done. In the sense that a genuine, complete submission to God's will naturally flows out of an undivided, absolute allegiance to His kingdom. When I'm totally aligned with His kingdom, and I have said, not my will, not my life, Take my life, Lord. That was my prayer. The day that I got saved, I said, Lord, if this is you speaking to me, you can have my life. 30 years later, I'm still praying that prayer. You can have my life. Everything. Presented to him. How is the church in South Africa doing in this area? How is the world the church in the world doing? Are we giving lip service to God by praying, your will be done, your kingdom come, and yet continue to love this present world? Remember Demas? Don't be a Demas. That I preached on a, a few weeks ago. Don't be a Demas. Don't love this present world more. That's that verse in 2 Timothy 4.10. You see, to a large extent, people have become double-minded. They want, to, they want to stand with the one foot in the world. But they want to come to church on the Sunday and pledge their allegiance to the king. Somebody once said this. 
He said, I know it's a bit high English, I'll try and explain it. He says this, he says that six days a week, people are sowing the wild oats. And on, on Sunday, they come and pray for a crop failure. You know, do you understand what that means? So we try and live in the world and do whatever we want to six days a week. And then we're like, oh Lord, all that stuff we have sown in this week, all that nonsense we have done, please let it die. That's what we do. Let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Right now. The next part of that verse is, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray for provisional supplies. For ourselves and for others. Give us. Remember I told you guys, there's no singular in here. It's all plural. It's always us. Give us. So you're not just praying selfishly for yourself. God, supply my need, supply my need, supply my need. No, no, no. We're praying for everybody. Lord, supply Mike's need. He needs a house. No, he doesn't. He's got a place to stay now. I'm not. Hey? A wife. Sure. You do need a wife. You do. <laughs> the prophets need to weigh that up, please. <laughs> We're not praying. We're not praying this, give me. We're not praying, give me. We are saying, I'm interceding. I'm standing in the gap for my brothers and sisters in Christ as well. You see, we ask for our food as a gift. Give us. We request no more than bread or food uh, needful for, for us. See, the Israelites in the Old Testament, they could collect Bread, manna from heaven, but only enough for that day. And this prayer, you'll see now, there's no storage. They couldn't collect manna for a week. They couldn't collect manna for more than two days. They could only collect for that day. The next day it would be spoiled. And this is that utter dependency on him. Utter dependency on God every single day. It's not like you, you stand the, the beginning of the week and you have this little blanket prayer and you're praying it for the week and you're like, I'm covered for this week. Every day. Every day. Because it says daily. It's an interesting word, this daily it's somewhat difficult to explain in Greek because it does not have an origin, an etymological origin. This is only used twice. This word is used here, and it's used in Luke 11.3, the, 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 the other side. It's also part of the, the Lord's Prayer. There it's used the second time. Daily bread. 
But I'm going to try and explain to you what daily means. It pertains, the Greek word is kind of for substance. It's what you're kind of praying. It pertains to a reoccurring on a daily basis. It is descriptive of a daily and needed portion of food that which suffices for each day or for the coming day. That's what it means. So to try and explain it to you, it's like, that's it. That's just, just for today. Just for today. You can't ask for tomorrow and the day after and the day after. This is what daily means. Bread. When we ask for bread, this is a petition for one day at a time today, reflecting the lifestyle of many of the first century church that believed God for their daily supply every single day. One day at a time. You see, for that person in the first century, if he fell ill for one day, he wouldn't get paid. If, you, if you're sick for four days, you wouldn't get paid. So here's a lesson. We cannot afford to backslide for one day. You'll die. You'll die. Backslide for four days, a week, six days. You go without daily bread. You need him every single day. This is the provision that he supplies every single day. Don't skip him. Don't. And I don't want to put stuff on you. Like you walk a road with Jesus. But I want to say to you, don't neglect the time with Jesus. Daily. Okay. Does that make sense? Even though God knows our needs before we ask, this prayer, this prayer that we say, give us this day our daily bread, acknowledges our utter dependence on His daily provision. But not just for our physical needs, but also spiritual needs. This is a prayer for our needs, not our greeds. Okay? This is a prayer for our needs. Not necessarily always our wants. I mean, I walk into the shop. We will buy the needs. And then Annabelle Rose will say, but what about the sweetie aisle? But that's the wants. <laughs> you see, your needs. D.L. Moody said this, A man can make, a man can no more take a supply of grace for the future than he can eat enough today to last him for the next six months. Nor can he inhale sufficient air into his lungs with one breath to sustain life for a week to come. We are permitted to draw upon God's store of grace from day to day as we need it. You can't store things up daily. God never gives His strength in advance. So let's stop crossing bridges before we come to them. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, when I get there, God will supply the grace when I'm there. No, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't, maybe you walk in faith. Yeah. But unless the Lord goes with me, like Moses said, I'm not going to go anywhere, Lord, unless you go with me. The Heavenly Father will graciously supply our every need one day at a time. Don't try to bear tomorrow's burden with today's grace. Remember this. Back of the bread is the snowy flower. And back of the flower is the mill. And back of the mill is the field of wheat. The rain and the Father's will. So it all comes from Him. Everything that you need comes from Him. In closing, this prayer, when we pray this, we pray this for our whole body, for everything, for, for the whole man, for body, spirit, and soul, we're praying this. This is a magnificent prayer that covers every aspect of our lives. Not just food. I think we, we always just think in the, in the case of bread as just our daily food. But it's everything. Wisdom. Everything. Joy. When was the last time you asked for joy? For the day? The only limit in this prayer is that we are, we are never to pray for a warehouse. A full supply of year, for a year ahead. That's the limit. But you can pray as much as you want to for today. There is no giant economy packages available to us in this area of life. A rat pack. <laughs> we are to pray for one day's supply. Now I want to put this simply to you as I ask myself these questions in this week. Do I pray daily for my physical needs. Do I? Do we pray about the supply of our food, our clothing, our homes, physical things of this life? Are we praying about them? Do we take time to ask God for them or at least to give thanks about them? Because, you see, in the book of Philippians, it's very clear. It says that that. That you can make your requests known unto God. Bring your prayers and your supplications. He says, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Do we say thank you? I have these moments now when I drop off the kids in the morning. So if you guys find me there, my car will be standing at point. I'm just watching the sunrise. And I thank the Lord for that sunrise. That I see another day. That I have another day, another opportunity to share the gospel. To pray, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Another day. Thank you, Lord. Thanksgiving. Perhaps this has become such a familiar request to some of us. Repeating of this prayer. Just reciting it. That it has lost any real meaning to us. And we do not take it seriously. <laughs> I'm going to say something. No, I'm not, I'm not even going to qualify this. It may therefore be the most blatant 
and frequent area of Christian disobedience if we don't do this. Think about that. We might be disobeying Him by not asking Him. I don't think Jesus wasted His time when He taught His disciples this prayer. There was an intention when He says, when you pray, pray in this way. There's an intention that we need to be saying, Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. Just maybe tonight we need to check our hearts if we are just disobedient to Him, but not trusting Him with everything. This, the hardest part, my friends, the hardest part is to let go. The hardest part is to let go and trusting God for everything. It's the hardest part. That woman... You know, sitting there and saying about the money, the supply and everything. And, and you see, God is never late. He's awfully slow. But He's never late. He's never late. David prays this. He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. Or his offspring beg for a morsel of bread. You can come boldly into the throne room of grace every single day. For after all, the Lord meant it when He told us to pray, Give us this day our daily bread. I don't, th prayer is not something, and I'm ending with this prayer is not something by which we inform God of our needs or influence Him. Okay. God is sovereign. God created you. In actual fact, it says in, in uh, um, Pro, uh, Psalm 139 that He knows your thoughts from afar off. He, he knows everything about you. So now you can say, but why do I ask? Why do I bother asking? Because it's for you. It's not for Him to inform Him. He knows it. But He wants you to ask Him. Because He's a good Father. He wants you to approach Him and say to Him, My Father who is in heaven, holy be your name. That's what you want. Prayer is designed to influence us. It is we who are in need of this kind of prayer, not God. Of course, He knows what we have need of, for He knows everything about us. But prayer is something that we need. God does not need to be told but we need to tell him that's the point.